Turn to 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. 1 Corinthians 15 and 57 has been our text for a few weeks now. And we've been looking at uh, great truth. We're calling Thanksgiving victory. Thanksgiving victory. Verse 57 says, Thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody read that out with me, please. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is not past tense. He didn't say thanks be to God who gave us the victory. But who what? Giveth is present tense and future tense. Gives and keeps on giving. Gives and will give. God is the victory giving God. Isn't he? What does he give to you all the time? Victory. After victory. After victory. And like the Bible said about Hezekiah. He didn't render again according to the benefit that was done to him. He was miraculously healed and raised up. But if we, we read the scriptures and talked about it, he wasn't thankful like he should have been. And he didn't humble himself. Now, there's a huge connection between those two words, thankful and humble. You show me a truly humble person, and I'll show you a thankful person. We need a lot of mind renewal about humility. Oh, we do. I don't think most of the church is even seeking to grow in humility. Just not even interested. They know it's good. They say amen. But they're not, you know, on a regular basis saying, Lord, show me how to be humble. People have a religious and a weak idea People think being meek is being weak. They put the two together. He's a weak little, meek little man. Friend, humility is the nature of the master. He is as strong as it gets. What people have not understood is that pride is connected to weakness. It's just the opposite of what people think. You show me a proud individual, I'll show you an insecure individual. I know it sounds strange, but people are, they're trying to hide their insecurities and their fears and compensate and overcompensate. So they're pushy. They're this and they try to come across strong and the truth is they're weak. Oh, they know how to be demanding. They know how to presume, but when it comes to the things that require real strength, they fold up like a wet dishcloth. Oh, but Jesus said, he's the strongest of all. He said, come, learn about me, didn't he? Learn of me. He's about to tell us his very insides, his nature, what he is. What did he say? Learn of me, I am what? Meek. And lowly of heart. Does that have anything to do with being weak? Nothing at all to do with being weak. Everything to do with being strong. 
But you show me a humble person, somebody that really is. See, there's a lot of religious people. They're proud of how humble they think they are. (laughs) They're just totally confused. But you show me a genuinely humble person, I'll show you a thankful person. This is also a person that's not living in deception, but a person who's living in reality. True humility is reality. Living in the truth. You don't think, I deserve the credit, but I'm going to be humble and say, no, I'm not going to receive it. (laughs) That is spiritual pride. You're not humble at all. You believe a lie. The truth is, you don't deserve it. (laughs) And when you say, oh no, God gets the glory, you ain't trying to be humble, you're just telling the truth. (laughs) It'd be a lie for you to take the credit. But see, the Bible says the pride of your heart has deceived you. There's deception in pride. Now, we read this scripture and we read 2 Corinthians 2.14. Let's go ahead and read it while we're this close to it. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Read that first part out loud with me again. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Always what? Triumph is win. Overcome. Win. Victory. Always. Do you like the sound of this? Always triumph. That's not past tense. That's present and future. He causes me to triumph today, and tomorrow He causes me to triumph, and next day, and next week, and next year, and always. He causes me to triumph. But He's thanking God for Him causing Him to triumph the rest of His life now. Faith gives thanks before it sees and feels all the victory by faith. Now we're seeing a connection here. Between thanksgiving and humility and faith. And the results, victory. <laughs> Said out loud, humility, humility thanksgiving, thanksgiving, faith, faith victory. victory. Are they connected? Yes, well, why would you be thanking God? If you thought it was owed to you, you're not going to be. If you're thanking God, you know grace is involved here. I ought to be thankful because they didn't have to do it. He didn't owe it to me. They didn't owe it to me. Grace is involved here, so there's humility. Why would you be thanking God and you don't see it yet? You must believe something. You must have some faith. Oh, come on. Can you see this? So you're qualifying for grace and you've got the faith and all you're doing is standing there thanking God. And yet you're doing a lot. That's what this whole series is about. I don't think we've, I know, we have not seen the importance and the heavy impact of from your heart thanking God. 
It's such a powerful tool to use to come against the symptoms and the contradictions and the feelings and everything. What do you do when your body's racked with pain? And you know the Bible says by stripes you're healed, but they're telling you you're going to be dead for the end of the week. What do you do? What do you do? People think it's complicated, but it's not. People think, well, I don't know. I need prayer. I need this. I need that. No, you need to get in faith, honey. You're not in faith. You're desperate. Well, I'll have you know I've been in the Word for now on 40 years. <laughs> you ain't acting like it. <laughs> unbelief is unbelief. I don't care. And faith is not scared. Faith is not depressed. Faith is not frustrated. And if you are, you're not in faith. Simple. If it shakes you, if you panic, if you call somebody and cry for a half hour, you're not in faith. I'm sorry. Now, we've all been weak at times and yielded to these feelings and emotions. But, friend, if you're going to live, if you're going to overcome, if you're going to have victory, you've got to snap out of it. You've got to quit it. You've got to get up. And through the feelings and through the fears, one of the easiest and yet most powerful ways to deal with those feelings and symptoms, come on, help me out, is just simply do what? Just simply begin to, from your heart, thank God, not for being sick. He ain't the one that made you sick. Thank Him for what? For victory. (laughs) For triumph. Thank Him. Thank Him. Why? You're thanking Him because you know it's by grace. And you're thanking Him because you believe it even when you don't see it. This is powerful, friends. And it's not just a matter of coming and learning it and making some notes about it tonight. How many know the key is? Doing, doing this on a daily and nightly basis. I'm talking about all the time. This is a way of life. You shouldn't go very many minutes. You shouldn't go hours and hours and hours. And you don't think or say, thank you. Take a breath. Come on, take a breath. <sighs> you know, nobody owed you that breath. <laughs> nobody. Nobody owed you a breath. There are billions of us on the planet. Billions of people with all kind of needs. God has seen generations like us come and go, come and go, come and go. Hasn't he? And there's liable to be billions more like us come and go for it's over with. And yet, and yet, he loves you and me. He knows the numbers of the hairs on your head. And he is so gracious. He is ready to do wonderful and amazing things in every human being's life on the planet. But it will only be by grace and faith. Am I right? Is the word right? That's what it teaches. And like I said, it doesn't make any difference who you are. It's so easy to slip back into unbelief, to slip back into worry, anxiety, fear, depression. And that's why even good people, good people that otherwise they love the Lord, they're good people, but they get to 
being depressed and they get to feeling hard at somebody because they didn't do this or because they did do that and somebody owes me. And, and friend, you can just go down, down. You can stay in a stupor for decades and you can perish before your time and it's not God's will and it's not God's fault and you can't blame it on other people. You can try, but it just it's not going to fly. Oh, but friend, no matter what dark place you may be in, what low gutter you may find yourself, if from that place you'll just lift one hand, if that's all that's sticking out of the mud, you may know what I'm talking about. I mean, you so far down, nobody can see you. God can see you. If you just get one hand kind of halfway up and say, Lord, I am thanking you for bringing me out of here. I know you don't owe me this and I don't deserve it. But Jesus came and paid the price for me anyhow. And I know I don't see it and it doesn't feel like I could ever get any better than this. But I believe greater is he that's in me than all this stuff around me. And I'm just thanking you for giving me the victory. I'm thanking you for causing me to triumph every time, including this time. I'm telling you, something will start shaking. Grace will begin to come up in you. Strength. God will move on people to come and help you and find you. He'll send angels. The Spirit of God will move. Tell me how it started. Tell me how it started. Thank you. Thank you. And you mean it. Oh, thank God. Say it again. Thank God. Thank God. Uh, go with me to two openings. I'm going to go to Proverbs 30. And you can either just read it off the screen or you can go with me. And then we're going to go to James. Well, 1 Corinthians 10. I got about 10 pages of notes tonight. Don't get scared. I'm not planning on using all of them. <laughs> Mrs. What you got so many notes for? Well, basically not led well enough. Which is exactly the same reason why you overpack. <laughs> it's the truth. It's the same reason why people let stuff clutter build up over their head and never throw anything away because they don't know how to be led. They don't know how to be led what's important and what's not. What to take and what not to take. So they keep adding all this stuff that we might need. So see, I got some pages that we might need. Most of the time I don't do that. Not that much. Because it's not good. It's being lazy spiritually. Well, I might need that and I might need that. Well, why don't you take just a minute and be led? See if you got a perception that you're going to need it. If you don't, leave it at the house so you don't handle it ten times. It's going to take you energy. <laughs> oh, brother, some people like it, some people don't. It's the truth. It is the truth. You know, people let their stuff pile up and they don't divide it and throw away the junk and keep the stuff because just not being led. 
People carry everything with them and three-fourths of their stuff. You know, be honest with yourself. Next time you take a trip, see what you didn't use. Be honest with yourself. When you get back home, look how much of this I didn't use. Well, that's how much you weren't led. I know people don't like it, but it's the truth. And the reason I'm talking about it is because it affects other areas of your life. You're not just doing that with those natural things. You're doing it with other things, too. You're lumping a bunch of stuff together that don't need to be involved. Did you hear me? You're not separating. It comes down to being led. Being led. (laughs) And we're all learning, aren't we? We're all learning and growing. But the thing is, at least try to learn. Don't just be lazy and bump along. Don't even try to develop and learn and get better. (laughs) You should see some of the looks. eh? (laughs) It's true. Proverbs 30. Uh, For time's sake, just go straight to 1 Corinthians 10. Oh, I didn't claim to have arrived. I'm better than I used to be. Narrowing it down. Hmm? Trimming it down. Of course, how you hear affects things too. You do know that, right? Uh, How much faith is in a place and how much prayer and how much faith means the anointing can be stronger and it can be easier. And if people are alert and sharp, and if they care, uh, they get stuff so quick, and you can move so quick and definite. But if people don't have care, then it's tougher. And you have to go over something more times, and you have to look for a better way to say it. All of us are in this together. How many of the Holy Spirit is perfect all the time? But He's manifesting through you and me. That's why when people talk about, you know, tongues and interpretation or prophecies, all these should be judged. Somebody tells you, thus saith the Lord. You know, don't just immediately assume it couldn't be the Lord. But don't just immediately say, okay, it was the Lord, because they said, thus saith the Lord. All these things are to be judged. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's perfect, but... He's manifesting through somebody that's not. And they can mix some of their own thinking in with it. And it can be part him and part them. Somebody said, well, how can I tell the difference? You better get your nose in this book. (laughs) I'm telling you, the more ignorant you are of the Bible, the easier you are to fool. By anybody. But the more knowledgeable you are of the Word, you got the author of this book inside you. And you get to know Him better, the better you know the Word. Have you noticed, even though it's different human authors, it's the same voice in Genesis as in Matthew. Same one. Coming through different human vessels, but the same one. And the more familiar you become with him, you become familiar with him in the book and inside you and in the book and inside you. You realize it's the same one. It's the same one. And so if it really is the Holy Spirit through me, you recognize him. Same one. Same. Somebody say same one. Same. Same one. Same spirit. 
You commune with day and night. My sheep know my voice, Jesus said. And a stranger's voice? What kind of voice? Strange. Strange means unfamiliar. Somebody prophesies something to you, gives you a tongue, gives you an interpretation, tells you about a vision they had, a dream they had. I don't care who it is, don't care who it is. If it doesn't bear witness with you, if it seems strange to you, you're thinking, whoa, whoa, where'd that come from? I've had people come to me in desperation going, you know, sister so-and-so prophet has prophesied to me that I was supposed to be a missionary to Africa. And they're upset and they're crying. I said, well, what you crying about? I thought I was supposed to do this. I never even thought about going to Africa. Well, why are you thinking about it now? I said, well, she's a prophetess. Or so-and-so is an apostle. He's an apostle. Or so-and-so. Listen, people are people. They can miss God. If you let somebody mislead you like that, you know whose fault it is? You can try to blame it on them, but you got a Bible. You got the Holy Spirit. You can pray. It's your fault if you let somebody mislead you. I've had a a guy come to me one time, and he said, you know, Sister So-and-so prophesied to me that I was supposed to marry this young woman. I said, so? He said, I don't love her. But they prophesied that we're supposed to get married and go into the ministry. I don't want to miss God. You know, you want to shake people like that. Say, wake up. You've got the Holy Ghost. You may laugh. People have done this. And yet, people go to the extreme on the other hand, and they despise prophesying. We don't need to do either one. We need to realize God could speak through anybody and be open. But don't just swallow everything because somebody started out with saying, thus saith the Lord. Judge it. Judge it by the book. Judge it by the one you got on the inside. And if it's him, you'll have a witness about it. And if it's sometimes, it may be him, but it's just not time. It may be 10 years. It may be 20 years. And so just, you know, you don't have to figure it all out. I know, uh, oh man, this was 25 years ago, I guess. Somebody, if I called their name, you'd recognize them, uh, world-renowned minister, called me out of the crowd and prophesied to me that I was supposed to have my own ministry and not just be a helps minister forever. I was supposed to, of course, that was, like I said, you know, 25 plus years ago. I knew it was right, but we stayed and helped the Hagans another 15 years. (laughs) I said, well, the word wasn't right. It was right. But the timing was, see, now what if I'd have jumped out and said, well, I'm supposed to have my own ministry. I can't be helping them forever. We'd have missed 15 years of training and 15 years of having uh, fruit. Oh, man, looking back now and thinking, thank you, Lord. You know, a lot of things we're enjoying in ministry today is reaping off a seed we sowed in their ministry. But it was the privilege that God gave us to be able to sow it during that time. Friend, just because you got a call on your life doesn't mean you're able to walk into it instantaneously. You need training. And that's where people fall short. Because training means you're not going to get to run the show. (laughs) You're not going to get to do it your way. You're going to have to help somebody in theirs, and that means you're going to do it their way. And a lot of people just won't stand for it. They won't do it. So they... They got to do their own instantaneously. 
And because of that, they don't have the training. They never developed. They know they got to call, but they don't have the ability to operate in the place that they're at. And they're frustrated and they fall. It pays to follow the one that's inside you and not let men and women tell you what to do. Right? And dictate to you. Follow him. Did you find that scripture in uh, 1 Corinthians? 10, is that what it was? 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 30. He said, if I by grace be a partaker. By what? By grace be a partaker. Why am I evil spoken of? For that for which I what? Give thanks. Notice some key words here. Grace. Partaker. Give thanks. Say it again. Grace. Partaker. Give thanks. Notice in Colossians. Just over a couple of pages here. Colossians the first chapter. Colossians 1. And 12. He said, giving thanks, giving thanks, Colossians 1.12, unto the Father, which has what? Made us meet, other translations say, able to be what? Partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. Here you see it again, giving thanks and partaker. Giving thanks unto the Father. Are we able to partake of it because of His grace? It's available to us by grace. We receive it by faith. Oh, can you see it? Some have emphasized faith only. And we're a faith bunch right here at Faith Life Church. We are a faith believing, faith preaching, faith walking, faith living bunch. But one reason we're camping on this over and over again, is because first it's grace, then faith. And some have missed the mark in trying to operate by faith and ignoring grace. Because the truth is, you cannot just take your faith and do anything. All things are possible to him that believeth. That's true. But how many know not true to the exclusion of half the New Testament? All the scriptures agree. They all flow together. They all work together. Let me remind you of some verses along this line. Lay a little foundation here. Can you take it? Do you have time? Grace and partaker and faith. In fact, you're close there. Just turn back. Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2. And 8. He said, Ephesians 2, 8. For by grace are you saved. How? Through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Well, is a gift something that somebody owes you? No. No. So if somebody gives you a gift, you didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. It was because of them being gracious. 
They don't owe it to you. They're just being good to you. They're just being gracious to you. What should come out of your mouth? What should come up in your heart? Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, go ahead by faith and reach out and receive it. But if we put all the emphasis on our receiving and ignore grace, we're going to miss it. There's nothing to receive with our faith. Except first it was by grace. What am I talking about? Some have become pushy and adamant. And it's characterized by unthankfulness. They're going to command this. They're going to demand this. They're going to rebuke this and bind this and do. And they, in their minds, they see themselves as the great faith Superman. (laughs) And there's entirely too much emphasis on themselves. And some people call it faith confession, but it's actually boasting and pride. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You're going to do this. And you're going to do that. And they think it's faith. And you can tell it's wrong because of the absence of humility and the absence of thanksgiving. And there has been, some have had a tough time. Now I'm talking now multiple denominations. Some have had a tough time reconciling the meekness of humility and the boldness of faith. Haven't they? If somebody hears somebody boldly say something in faith, they think, oh, that's not right. Look how haughty they are. Look how proud they are. And so some of these folk would never dare to say, make a faith confession. It's if the Lord wills. Hmm? Millions of people. Good people, church-going people. Right? Love the Lord. Thoroughly born again. But then some other folk have got out of that ditch and run right across the road, right in the ditch on the other side of the road. No humility at all. Everything's about them and what they can do and what they're going to do. I'm the righteousness. I can do all things. You're leaving out some real important phrases. That's not the whole verse. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I can do all things through Christ. That's the grace. You can't do just anything. So, you see, you can see some people in certain groups... What they're seeing is right. There is some light concerning humility and grace and truth. And there's some people over here. There is a truth concerning faith and believing God and having authority and being bold. We need to rightly divide the word. Don't we? Why can't we have both? I said, why can't we have both? Why can't we be humble and thankful and have faith and boldly say what the word says? Oh, can you see it? We need some mind renewal and some adjustments in these areas. And don't point a finger and don't judge anybody for making mistakes. A lot of people are doing stuff ignorantly. They just don't see it. You've been there. I've been there. You can't tell me you didn't do some dumb stuff 
when you first started learning about faith and confession. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but the Lord has mercy on us, don't He? <laughs> I can just see the great Father looking at And to us, when First John, He says, My little children, that's not a figure of speech. Are you with me now? That's not a figure of speech. Somebody said, well, I'm 60 years old. Exactly. <laughs> to him, you are preemie baby. <laughs> Little bitty. Are you kidding? Compared to him, and as long as he's been around and what he knows, and I can just see him by his spirit hovering over us in our ignorance, and he wants to do so many things, but he just can't work with that. And he's trying. And he's like, come on, come on. Just give me a little bit of faith. Come on. A little bit. And he knows what we know and what we don't know. And he comes in and does things. In spite. In spite. Of so much. And sometimes people get in the wrong mode of thinking. Because a miracle happened. Or a healing occurred. Or a financial. Then they assume all that junk I was doing is why it happened. Because I stood on top of the trash can and screamed like a banshee. And and I did this and I did that. And they think it was them. And don't realize. If God was legalistic, there would have been 9,000 reasons why it shouldn't happen. But he's not legalistic. He looks at your heart. And he's looking for some faith. If he could just get a little bit. Then he goes, yeah, that's good enough. Good enough. I can do it for him. <laughs> How many believe he's that way? He's that way. He's that way. But for us then to turn around and go, all right, I'm going to teach a seminar now. Because <laughs> it happened. And you go through this 101 things list that you did, not realizing that 98 of those shouldn't have been done. And it was God's grace and mercy that you got it in spite. It was only those other three or four things that he could work with. (laughs) By grace, you're saved. Somebody say, by grace. Through faith. Faith's involved, but first it's by grace. Not of works, lest what? Lest any man should boast. Boasters in this regard, can you understand, these are not thankful people. These are proud boasters. And this can cut you and I off from the grace of God. I asked you to turn to uh, James, fourth chapter. While you're turning there, I'm going to read a couple more to you. Romans 4.16 says, it is of faith that it might be by grace. Romans 5.2 says, we have access by faith into the grace. Romans 12.6 says, we have gifts differing according to the grace. And then he said, let us do it according to the proportion of faith. Say it out loud, according to the grace and according to the faith. What according to grace and according to the faith? Anything that we can get that is available to us, is available to us according to His grace. Not owed to us. We don't deserve it. We're not entitled to it. 
by anything we've ever thought or done. Just grace. For which we ought to be thankful. But now everything that he's provided so wonderfully and generously by his grace doesn't just fall on you automatically just because he wants you to have it or because he's given it to you. Everything that's been given by grace must be received by faith. We don't need to be trying to receive something that hasn't been given by grace. And on the other hand, we don't need to be waiting on him to make us experience it if it's already been given to us. It's up to us to stand up and receive it by faith. Think about this. The lost people on the planet, are they waiting on God to save them? No, they're not. Has their salvation, has the new birth for every man, woman, and young person on the planet, has it been bought and paid for? Is it available to them by grace right now? Are they waiting on God? No. If they wait another five years to get saved, it was not the will of God. Was it? Who's waiting on who? What are they really waiting on? He's waiting on them to receive it by faith. But both sides are true. Both of these are true. In uh, James, the fourth chapter, we receive by faith, but only that which is available through grace. But James 4 answers another part of this. You know it, but let's look at it in James 4 and 6. He said, he gives more grace. He gives what? Is this a good thing? You know, this word, we've heard it so much until it just kind of goes over people's head. Friend, grace is everything you need and want right now. What do you need to be strong enough to reach your goals? Why do you keep flopping around and you keep yielding to the flesh and you keep coming short? Hmm? Weakness. Just weak. What do you need? Come on, help me. What do you need? You need grace. If you've been intimidated, if you've been timid, if you've been fearful and and you floundered and you haven't flourished like you should have in your job or in your vocation or, or in your school. You've been slow to catch on. You've wrestled with something. Struggled with it. Tell me what you need. You need more grace. The, the reason you made it as good as you have <laughs> has been because you had some grace. But what you want, oh come on friend, what you want is you want more grace. Oh, grace is one of the biggest words in the Bible. You look it up in some dictionaries, it'll say unmerited favor. Eh, That don't begin to tell it. You know what grace is? Grace is the ability of God. It's ability. Notice, by grace... We're partakers. How are you enabled to partake? Grace. Paul talked about, I commend you to the word of his grace that's able to build you up and give you an inheritance among them that are sanctified. 
Everything we need. How many know healing is bought and paid for in Jesus? The Holy Spirit's bought and paid for. The anointing, the grace, prosperity's bought and paid for. Wisdom is ours. Righteousness is ours. Strength is ours. Bought and paid for. Bought and paid for. Available by grace. What do we need? We need to be strong enough to quit yielding to the flesh and lay hold of this with our faith and receive it and walk in it. What do we need then if we keep floundering around? We need to be built up by His grace. What did the Lord tell Paul dealing with something? You know that His People try to make it a physical sickness, but he never said that. He said it was a messenger of Satan sent to buffet men, besought the Lord repeatedly that it might be removed from him. What did the Lord tell him? What did the Lord tell him? He said, my grace is sufficient. People read that as saying, well, you're just going to have to live with it and be oppressed the rest of your life. Oh, no. No, he's telling me, quit begging me, Paul. I've already given it to you. Everything you got. Don't wait on me to do it for you. I've given it to you. I've graced you to overcome, to have victory every time, to triumph always. Can you say glory to God? The Lord didn't tell us, beg Him night and day, and He'd do everything for us. He didn't. He told us He'd be with us. He'd help us. You see people praying all the time, oh Lord, make the devil stop. Make the devil stop. That's unscriptural praying. The Lord never told you or me to pray and ask him to make the devil quit. Never did. What did he tell us? He told us, don't give place to the devil. He told us, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Didn't he say that? And yet, though people don't want to do that, they still want to just beg. What would make the difference in you reaching goals that you hadn't been able to reach? Putting problems and difficulties behind you that you've struggled with for years. Listen to me. Here's the word of the Lord now. Some folks, a number of folks in this place and watching, you've been saying and you've been saying it. You've said it over and over again. Well, I guess this is just a weakness of mine. Friend, you've got to quit that. This is keeping the door open. To the enemy to work on you. And it's shutting the door to your grace. Quit saying I guess I'm just weak in that area. It's always been a weakness of mine. Never say it again. Are you with me friends? It's one of the chief reasons why you have continued to fall. And one reason you've said it is because of some pride. It'd take me 30 minutes to explain that. But it's true nonetheless. You know. Like people that keep getting into trouble with the opposite sex. You had guys look at me and say, well, I guess that's just my weaknesses. Pretty women. No, you think you're a lady killer. You think you're God's gift to women. You're proud of your so-called weakness. And it's going to ruin your life. Destroy every relationship you've got. Destroy your ministry. Never say it again. What you need to say is, I'm strong in the Lord. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And what you need is available to you, which is more, more grace. More grace. 
And right here in the Bible it says he gives more. Come on, keep reading it. To who? Keep reading. Keep reading. Wherefore he says God resists the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. One of the big qualities we've already seen about a humble person is that they're thankful. Are you tying it together, friends? How can you get greater grace? It's been 20-some years, but I'm beginning to get some inkling of what the Lord meant when he told me that word back then. I knew it was good, knew it was important. I preached on it and talked about it. But I'm beginning to see I barely even had any understanding of what he was saying to me. He said, I don't mean I heard a voice, but inside, everybody ought to be hearing from the Lord. Not trying to hear voices, but he's inside us. He communicates with us if you'll learn how to listen, learn how he communicates. He said to me, Keith, would you like to know how to increase your capacity to receive from me? I said, yes, yes, and please, yes. I didn't even have to think about that. And he said, cultivate a lifestyle of thanksgiving. And I'm beginning to see at least a little bit what he meant by it. What we're talking about right now. Everything we need is already bought and paid for. We don't have to twist God's arm. We don't have to try to talk him into healing us or talk him into giving us wisdom or prospering us. It's all bought and paid for. But it takes strength of spirit and it takes faith. To rise up and lay hold of it. Doesn't it? And that's why so many are not enjoying it. Because they're so weak. And he's telling me. How to get from there. To a stronger position. Oh did you hear it? Says He's telling me. He's telling you. How to get from that weak place. To a stronger place. Of being able to appropriate. Being able to lay hold. Would you like to know how to increase your ability, your capacity to receive from me? Would you? Would you? Do you need to increase your ability to receive? Increase your capacity of faith and laying hold. He said cultivate a lifestyle of thanksgiving. Here's one of the first places. God gives his grace to who? The humble. Well, if you think it's owed to you, you're not going to be thankful for it. You're not going to be expressive. But if I'm going around all the time going, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you. That means I know I didn't earn it. I know he doesn't owe it to me because of who I am or what I've done. I know I don't deserve it. That's qualifying me. Oh, can you see it, friend? This is qualifying me for grace. Glory to God. He gives more grace. Somebody say more grace. More grace. grace. Now, just a few verses later, well, verse 7, he said, Submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. And skip down just a few verses later, and you'll see what we referred to earlier. Verse 13. Go to now, you that say today or tomorrow... We will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. What's wrong with that? You sound like a good faith confession. We're going to go. We're going to do this. 
We're going to stay X amount of time or we're going to do X amount of thing. So people have heard a lot of series on you can have what you say. So they're going to say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to do the other. Well, here he's saying, don't do that. And that's why some other folk and other denominations and group find fault with us because they think, oh, that ain't right. What's wrong with that? By grace are you saved, through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. That's what's wrong with this, boasting. They're calling it faith, but it's boasting, proud boasting. And notice the emphasis. It's about what we going to do. And people will sprinkle a few hallelujahs and glory to God around it in front and back. But it's still what we going to do. See, that's where Moses missed it, wasn't it? Remember, he got in trouble with God big time. Couldn't get it straightened out. I mean, God still loved him. But it cost him, seriously. You remember, the Lord told him, speak to the rock. Remember that? And the water would come out and people were starving for water. And what did Moses do? Here now, you bunch of rebels. Must we bring water out of... Whoa, 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 whoa. Say what? <laughs> Must we bring water? Who's going to bring water? I... Moses had never brought water out of a rock. Never had, never will. And here's somebody that's been in the presence of God. They know something about this. Have seen amazing miracles. And yet, must we bring water? This is not right. He should have done what the Lord did. He should have kept his mouth shut and went over there and hit it with a rock. And how many know Then when the water gushed out, they'd have forgot about him and started praising God, which is what this should have been. But he's going to make a big stage production out of it. Drum roll, please. Must we? You bunch of rebels. And you'll see this unthankfulness goes hand in hand with being judgmental. And hard and harsh with other folks. That's not humble, is it? That's proud boasting. It can cut you off from the grace of God. It did him. If the Lord tells us something's going to happen, we can stand up and boldly say it. Something he's going to do. But this said, Verse 14, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It's even a vapor. It appears for a little time and then vanishes away. For you ought to say, if the Lord will. How many know this is true? How many know this does not contradict faith? This doesn't contradict confessions. But it's true. You ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now you rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Hallelujah. Somebody say, more grace. grace. Say it again, more grace. grace. 
Say it again. More grace. Are you interested in more grace? Who does God give his grace to? The humble. How can you tell a humble person? One characteristic, one quality is thankfulness. Was Jesus thankful? Isn't he the ultimate expression of of meek and, and humble? Was he thankful? Did he thank God for things before they happened? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You remember him taking up the little boy's lunch? Thanking God? Huh? For meeting all their needs. And how are you going to feed everybody with this? But God brought a victory. Remember him standing in front of that tomb? Lazarus laying there cold and dead. What did he say? Lord, I thank you that you hear me all the time. Did more grace come? Oh, grace came on him and the manifestations of the Spirit and he spoke like a lion. Was he bold? Did he speak? Bold? He's our example here too. So we know bold speak. Lazarus, come. He didn't say, if the Lord will, I'm going to go over there and pray for him. (laughs) Lazarus, if you can hear me. Uh, get up, boy, if you can, if it's God's will. Not going to happen. Was he bold as a lion? But is he boasting about what he can do? Absolutely not. Oh, can you see the difference, friends? Jesus said over and over again, I can of my own self do nothing. I only do what I see the Father do. I only say what I hear Him say. True humility. Thankfulness. Did He walk in grace? Oh, oh. Grace dripped off of His fingertips. Grace was on His eyebrows. And by grace, He did always those things that please the Father every morning, every noon, every night. He lived the perfect life. And did you know that same grace is available to you and I? Did you know the same Holy Spirit is given to you and I? The the Word is ours. The name is ours. How will we do it? With enough grace. You can do anything. I said with enough grace. Stand on your feet. With enough grace, you can do anything. There's been thing after thing that the Lord directed us to do. And I looked at myself and there was no ability in me that I could detect to do that. (laughs) Phyllis and I have been here over and over again. And you think, how? How can you do that? Do you know how? Can you tell me how? With enough grace, you can do anything. With enough grace, you can be anything. You may have been the biggest mess up. You may have been the weakest, most fleshy, carnal outfit. But with enough grace, you can be a pillar in the church. Do you believe it? It's the truth. Anybody that is strong, the only reason they are is because of the grace. Anybody that's done anything, that amounts to anything, the only reason is by the grace. Glory to God. Why do we have a church here, saints? Why? 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 
God has been gracious to us, hasn't he? Why have we been able to complete our projects and reach out and touch other people and, and send the word? Why have we had people saved and get back to God and get healed in these miracles? Why? 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 For us to start boasting and bragging about what we're going to do would be ignorance, stupidity. No! We've come this far by grace. And we can go far beyond where we are with more grace. More grace. More grace than what we got right now. How will we get it? He gives it to the humble. Am I looking at any humble people? You might have been a proud rascal when you walked in, but you can change. You can change right now. Right now, you can just say, Lord, I'm through with that. I'm through with that. I want some grace. I want some of that grace he's talking about. So I'm humbling myself before you. Right, Lift up your hands. Say it out loud. I'm humbling myself, Lord. Come on, do it. Just do it. Pray before him just a few minutes. Say, I'm humbling myself right now, Lord. I humble myself before you. I humble myself in your presence. I humble myself before you, Lord. I know. I know. I can't do anything of myself. I don't know anything. I don't have anything. I'm not anything. I can't do anything without you. But Lord, I know I'm not without you. I know you're in me and you're on me and you're with me and you're for me and you love me. And by your grace, I can do anything. By your grace, I can be anything. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.